Yeah, that's true. I still love Matthew Stafford, despite that he had a, a rough game on Sunday. It's okay. It's one bad game. Everybody I'd have traded him personally. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> Who are we going to get? We're going to get uh, Cam Newton's John off Wolford the board. Back there. Yeah, Cam Newton's a yeah, Carolina a... Panther again. Okay, I, Cam Newton when he was MVP. Cam Newton was yeah. super fun to watch. Yep. Just totally this that size, that physicality. He could pass. He could play the position traditionally. He could mm-hmm. play it more in a modern. He was he was just a, an outlier. We all agree that that's that's way in the rearview mirror. Hasn't it's it been a long shows time since also, Cam's been good? Shows also how desperate the Panthers are, right? Desperate in the sense that they're so thin. Uh, they've had their injuries, so it's yeah. like, yeah, what what do they do? I, I don't know what the other option is. I mean, maybe you try somebody else out, but they're going back to Cam. I, I understand that what I'm about to say has, I mean, to say that it's apples and oranges, doesn't it's apples and screwdrivers, okay? It's not even the same mm-hmm. universe, but... How do you feel, like, let's say you go a few weeks or maybe longer, maybe it's a couple months, maybe it's longer, and then you go do a workout. You do some push-ups, you lift some weights, you go for a run. How does your body feel the next day? Demolished. Demolished, right, right. Me too. Cam Newton hasn't played NFL football mm-hmm. in a long time, and he's going to go out there and play. What? What? And I get it; he's in he's in moderately better physical condition than Alan Sliwa and Travis Rogers. But can you imagine what that's got to feel like after having not done it for a really long time and going out there? I think these guys, it's such different levels, right? And and it's part of their DNA to be in shape. It's part of their DNA to be ready. It's more the guys that were injured. And didn't get a chance. Like, imagine when Clay Thompson, when he just, you know, he kind of started running again. He started doing yeah. activities. Like, I think I think that one's a little different because he had the injuries. Nobody wants to give me credit for my Paco Rabanne cologne gift set from CVS. That was that was much funnier than any of you wanted to give me credit for. It was okay, to be honest with you. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think it deserved second recognition. Well, no, I mean, look, if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to do it again next segment, too. It's almost as, as if they're an official sponsor. <laughs> What is it, 1977? <laughs> you know what movie we thought? Milita- or you know what movie we forgot? Mm. Military movies? Inglorious Bastards. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen Inglorious? Mm. Oh, I haven't seen you that would one. like that. I would like that? You would. That's Tarantino, right? Definitely yeah. it is one of his. Yep. Yeah. You would definitely like that. I do like his movie, so I'll have to check that one out along the way. All right. Um, Travis Lee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Don't forget, we have our picks coming up today as well, Al, and you are running away with it. I'm bringing in a ringer, Greg Bergman, to try to try to... Pull the, the guest pickers out of the basement. Or actually, Berg is probably on a conference call right now with Matthew Barry or something. <laughs> Fine. Whatever it takes to get you off the top spot. I've now decided that this is a collective to try and uh, to, to try to win this thing. Um, and plus, you'll get to see the groove that he carved into his eyebrow with the uh, remote yesterday. Have you seen him yet? Have you spoken to him? I did, and I didn't notice anything. I literally had a You're, full conversation Okay, with I'm being 100 You didn't notice? No. I, I saw him this morning. I'm like, dude, seriously? I did like, not you notice. You really did that? He carved a racing stripe into his eyebrow. It grows back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go get the clipper, Emily. You want one? Yeah, sure. Oh. I, it would Somebody my go get the clipper. We're doing this today. That absolutely... Uh, I want to see Emily with an eyebrow racing stripe. That would be something to, something to see. All right. Uh, good weekend in the AFC West. Chiefs and Raiders. Let's start right there. Yep. Because we'll get to the Chargers in a second, and the Broncos factor into this as well. Tell me if you agree with this. Mm-hmm. If the Raiders lose... I feel like we can kind of scratch the Raiders off the list. Not that they might not make the playoffs, whatever. Are they, they five they, and four right now? They are. Okay. If the Chiefs lose, I for whatever, maybe it's just a Patrick Mahomes thing, I still feel like the Chiefs, at some point, the light is going to go on with these guys, whereas the Raiders feel like they've had a really bad couple of weeks, 
and all of a sudden, if they get another loss in the division, all of a sudden you're at the back end of this thing with some pretty good teams in front of you, this feels like it could be the end of the season for the Raiders if they lose. So I, I get the idea and the concept that you know we keep waiting for the Kansas City Chiefs to, okay, turn, turn on the switch. Let's go, KC, come on. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs, let's go, let's go. And we keep giving them the benefit of the doubt because they haven't really shown or proved what. They played the Packers this past weekend, and that was without Aaron Rodgers, and they still didn't look impressive, and it was still a game. Um, so I, I, I think the – I think I'm with you on the even if the Chiefs lost this game, just because the AFC West is so close that nobody's running away with anything. Chargers are ahead of the division mm-hmm. by half a game. They're five and three. Do, are they the best team? I think they are. I think they are. It's, it's, it, I get if you said pick one team right now to, to win the division, yes, you're taking the Chargers over the Chiefs. Yeah. Because of what the Chiefs have left on their to that. schedule. I'm not opposed to the that. The Chiefs' schedule is a Brutal. meat grinder the rest of the way. It's mm-hmm. really, really tough. The Chargers already beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Sure. They, they got that one out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just... I get. I like Brandon Staley. I really like Justin Herbert. It feels like they have the pieces that, and, and they're trending. The Chiefs are trending in the absolute wrong direction. They, they barely beat Jordan Love, who was dreadful. Dreadful. So five and four. So right now the best record in the AFC West is the Chargers and the Raiders, five mm-hmm. and three each. So ba- listen, this is kind of as simple as it is. This this weekend you're going to have Raiders, Chiefs, Denver's at or Denver's playing Philly, and the Chargers got the Minnesota Vikings here at SoFi, home game for Minnesota. This is the one thing that I'm going to – you're right, by the way, it is going to be – turn I, out. I remember they going turn, to the Rams-Vikings they game. They turn out. They yeah. definitely turn out. That was a great – that was a that was the same year that the Rams and the Chiefs had that wild Monday mm-hmm. night game. What was it, 54-51? to 51, Arguably one of the greatest Monday night games in history. It was nuts. The They played the Vikings on a Thursday night earlier mm-hmm. that season. That was a sneaky great game. You know who was incredible in that game? Who was that? Jared Goff. He threw a couple of touchdown passes that were – Holy smoke! This guy's that good that he's that guy, and that was. And then he had the Chiefs game. And then after that, kind of like, yeah, okay. The problem with the AFC West, it's interesting for all the wrong reasons. It's mediocrity. 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 <laughs> Cliche. By, by the way, that's a that's the first thing that I thought of right out the gate. It really is. Like it's because you have so many average teams in the division. I don't know. I kind of look at this division as. N- I don't think one of these teams are going to run away with it. You think the Chargers are going to run away with it? They can easily come back. I I think they have the greatest chance from a talent perspective. They could potentially be that one team that you say, out of the four squads, maybe they're the ones that have the greatest likelihood of running with it. I I think that's it right there. I don't think that anybody runs away with it. But if you said you have to pick one team that does, it's the, the Chiefs have, look, we're more than halfway done. The Chiefs have not looked good yet. You usually, if you're a good team, like we were talking about with the Lakers, right? We've talked about it so often. The Lakers have only played, was it 11, 12 games now, right? They've played 12 games. It's it's barely 10% of their season. There's a ton of basketball left. This is the equivalent of the Lakers having played 50 games. Okay, th- this is a very different thing for the Chiefs at this point. I think it's the Chargers because they have the QB, they have the lead, which I think matters, and then the schedule kind of breaks their way Uh, uh more than anything else in the nfl who you play is a huge part of it and the chiefs have nothing but good games coming up uh let's go back to the lakers for a second great win for them last night full stop there's a whole bunch of other things in that but how nice is it to have seen them play a game the way that they played last night against a team that's a good team 
extenuating circumstances with Jimmy Butler, but just to at the end of the night have the Lakers beat the Heat. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this kind of full circle here for a quick second. You go look at the NBA standings. Not that you know. The NBA is off to an interesting start. There's some teams that in the Eastern Conference you didn't expect to kind of get off to a good start. And there's other teams you're waiting for them to wake up a little bit. Lakers fall into the category of, hey, fellas, you're going to wake up? Now, at the same time, you know, we, we could we could talk about the six players that the Lakers have out right now, including Austin Reeves. We got word on this that um, he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks or whatever the case is. But you've kept saying this, that there's enough talent there. There's enough talent from the Lakers to still go out and beat some of these teams. Yesterday was kind of a different story. It was the Miami Heat. This wasn't uh, Charlotte. It wasn't Houston. It wasn't OKC. It wasn't some of these other teams that it's just kind of a lock or a guarantee that you're supposed to win. So I'm with you on this. That You watch that Lakers game yesterday. You do kind of walk away saying, hey, you got a good win. It's not the Lakers in their, their sin as 7-5 and five right now. It's not like you and I can sit here because even the wins that they have had, we haven't said, oh, that's really good basketball. No, by the way, night. by the way, even yesterday, there are plenty of moments where I could sit here and tell you that's not good basketball. But it was enough to get a win against a good Eastern Conference team. Jimmy Butler didn't play from after Much. the first quarter. He didn't play after that. So I think with all that being said, I think the you know, Lakers kind of find themselves in a position you got a chance here with three more home games left um, before you go on this. Now you're gonna reality is gonna set in once you get 15 games in. 12 of your first 15 were at Staples Center. You're you gonna have to start yeah, you have waiting to pay, on the road. You have to pay it back at some you point. Pay the bill. Yeah, it's absolutely gonna even itself out. It, I, I like what you said. There was some good and some bad last night, but I think for the first time, really, really for the first time in 12 games, there was enough good for me to say, you know what? I, I like what I saw last night. Despite all the extenuating circumstances, the turnovers, the shot selection, there was enough good that made me feel good about where they're headed from here. Let's try Dr. Pepper call in line. Let's go to Long Beach this time. And Larry, Larry, you're on with Travis and Slee. Oh, What's up? Larry. Yes. 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 Hey, gentlemen and young ladies, I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, and I realize that what the Bulls are doing, the Lakers are doing the opposite. The Bulls are defensive rebounding. The Lakers aren't. The Bulls are shoot. The Bulls shooting percentage is better than the Lakers. The Bulls, uh, their free throw shooting is better than the Lakers. And when you're in a a a, a rough spot in the game, and your decision making is bad, your defensive rebounding is bad, and your free throw shooting is bad, basically. You're gonna lose, Larry. Appreciate you calling in. I uh, got a little thrown. I almost felt like we were calling him, and like <laughs> he were waiting, we were interrupting him to him to throw it back to you. Yeah, I was just like I, I was waiting for him to say, "Hey guys, hey, look, another five ten minutes." Where, where was he wrong? I, I couldn't find it. I what he was laying. Those were all truthful. Those were all accurate. Those were all observations. Say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The Lakers. The, the Bulls feel like they have some things yeah. figured out, right? Mm -hmm. The Bulls feel like the pieces fit together really well. The Lakers are a work in progress. I think that's the best thing we can say about them at this point. It's a work in progress. All right, let's take one more quick phone call. Darren in Lakewood. Darren, what's going on? You're on the Travis and Sliwa show. There, buddy? No. Darren's All right, let's move there. on. Ray in Irvine. Ray, you're on the Travis and Sliwa show. Well, I got two things. First of all, the whole uh, sleeve laptop charger, you ever notice there's no two laptop chargers alike. 
So your charger. No, you're right. Is Travis. Travis tried to give me his charger, and that didn't work. By the way, just quick update: thirty-three percent. That's what we're saying. That. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. Okay, and then second, um, LeBron James. I, every time the camera took a, a shot at the sideline, Le, Coach LeBron basically. I mean, did you see the way the players were looking up at him when they come out of timeout in a huddle? Um, you know, he was inspiring them. It, I mean, even the, the, the score was the LeBron coach game, balance, you know. LeBron's always about balance. Everybody's, you know, we got a, a, like half a dozen players in their 20s. Um, Frank Vogel looked like substitute teacher out there. So I think you can't get overlook how much LeBron, even that he wasn't playing, how he willed this this win. Um, yeah, Ray, you bring up an interesting point. Thank you for the call. Um, I don't know if he willed the win. The guys, I mean, he, he's, I will say this, though. I did notice how active he's he engaged. was. How, yeah, he's and, and I'm not talking about like cheering and, and, you know, whispering in a guy's ear on the bench. I'm talking when play stops and guys come back to the bench to catch their breath during TV time. I like that. I want to see that. I I'm, I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I, it. I was just struck by... He, he it wasn't come on guys let's go or hey you got him to do that it was like he brought the team together and started describing or at least it looked like you couldn't hear him but him basically running the timeout and not for 10 or 12 seconds it was more or less the entirety of the timeout it was it was interesting well we need braun then to late game situations draw better uh, plays yeah. <laughs> give give a couple suggestions there on uh, how to execute at the end. All right, so the not the winter meetings, the general manager meetings are taking place down in Carlsbad, and super agent Scott Boris had some interesting comments about baseball's competitive balance and why it's all jacked up. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Have you ever talked to Coach McVay before? I have not. Yeah, he talks fast. It's fun. He, he, you're gonna Long get a lot answers of or no? Um, neither. They're they're not long or short. They're they're concise. They're illuminating, and they're uh, they they're rapid fire. It's what good. do you think Looking he does outside of football? Not much. Because I could see this guy Work just out. living, breathing. Everything he does is around football. And yeah. This the the times that he gets where it's not football. What do you think it is? Work out because he's in pretty good shape. There there's no you can't you you've heard him right where he can say what happened on second and four four mm-hmm. years ago against the 49ers in game number three and this guy was open in the flat the ball should have gone over there instead it went over there it's just he, his recall you can't do that without watching film 23 and a half hours a day that's that's why he's a good coach he's fully invested I work out. Just as much as it, maybe maybe that's going to be some of my questions with him. What what do you what's the what's the regiment right now? Like what are you doing? So I've always had an idea for like a. Why a is bit. that the voice? That <laughs> I don't know. That's your. That's kind of similar to my UCLA, UCLA football voice. fan. Yeah. yeah, bro. No, this is different this year. Maybe Chip Kelly's going to finish five hundred. It's okay. No, I've always had this as an idea for a bit, and I don't. I'll nominate anybody but me because I don't want to do it. Just to spend a week with somebody like Sean McVay doing their schedule watch as much film get as little sleep do the workouts mm-hmm. run around at practice coach the game just mm-hmm. the the just purely the physical and mental drain that goes through it because i think you could make it through a day i don't know if anybody's making it through how a many week. hours of sleep do you think he gets five he's I'll one say, of those i'll, I'll say he's one of those can i get paid what he like, pays he gets paid <laughs> in a week a that question. might sweeten the deal that's a good question does he, would, he does the he, compensation he, would be nice does he is he one of those where it's like yeah no, how many days in a row could you do four hours of sleep before you're a zombie I'm I'm one. I'm a zombie the very next day. 
two days. You could the first day you're okay. Yeah, it didn't didn't get a lot last night, but I'll, I'll power through it. It's not until day number three. Yeah, yeah. you know I, I remember listening to Rogan did uh, when he did one of his podcasts with Elon Musk, and he was like so fascinated of well, how the hell do you get all this done? You're running this that you know you're like literally the most important person in the world. He said six hours. I got to get six hours. And he said he's noticed that when he takes when he has less sleep, all I, my body needs six hours. If I get six, then I'm very productive. If I get less than that, then I'm not as productive. These, you know, certain people, it's like a... The, the bed is warm and it's soft. God, and it's, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty nice place to spend some time. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pet protection comes free with auto collision coverage. Visit Progressive.com. Um, Scott Boris was at the general manager meetings down in Carlsbad yesterday. Yep. And... He was holding court. He This is what he does. And he is the agent to just about every good player that there is in baseball. He's 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 as important to the culture of baseball business and competitive balance as almost anybody else. Mm. He has that many good players, um, and he gets his guys top dollar. So understand that with what we're about to talk. He, he, he was talking yesterday, and I thought he brought up some really good points, saying that baseball has created a culture of tanking. Similar to what has happened, we've seen it happen in the NBA, and I think we're even starting to see it in football a little bit, where you're just seeing some teams saying, like, it ain't going to happen for us this year. Let's wait. Let's get a draft pick. Let's clear some cap space, all of that Part kind of, of the stuff. strategy. Right. Mm-hmm. And and one of the points he was making is you don't even know what your team is until the trade deadline. That you, you can't say that you have a good team, a bad team, or anything else because it's going to be totally different by the time you get to the deadline. And he used the Braves as an example that the Braves were one team heading up to the deadline, and then they were a completely different team after the deadline. They end up winning the World Series, and he his point is, is this is bad for baseball. Now, Understand, there's a, a a lane of self-interest in this too, and I'm not going to get into the weeds of signing bonus player money at the, mm. the beginning, because but it plays a part of it. That the more money teams, the more money teams have to spend in the first round, the more that his players get, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the point is a pretty good one, which is we we've we've created a dynamic where there are really four or five, if we're being really generous, okay. eight or ten teams that have a legitimate chance to win the World Series. And we won't even know who half of those are until we get to the trade deadline. The, the Braves were not a good team at the at the deadline. They win the World Series. The Cubs have all these resources in the world, and they're selling off all of their good players. This can't be a good way to have competitive balance in your sport. Okay, so th- this is the one thing I would say. I, I get the point that he's trying to make. The problem is, Trav, I, I think baseball has – just kind of think about this. Let's use the Dodgers as an example. Mm-hmm. Let's compare the Los Angeles Dodgers to who do you want to compare them to? Pick a team that is in a smaller market. Uh, compare the Dodgers. The, the to, Diamondbacks. Okay, let's use the Arizona Diamondbacks. What was the Dodgers' payroll this past year? It's over two hundred million. It's like two hundred million. What did the Dodgers do at the trade deadline? Picked up Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. So when you know if the conversation is well, this isn't good for baseball. What's happening? Where you got teams just you know, all selling and they're tanking like he's trying to put it. In the NBA, you're right, there is there was a, a tanking system, a lottery system where they had a name for it, the process. Trust the process where we're gonna be bad for half a decade. Lakers were doing it. Lakers yeah, were right. whether they were trying to do it or not, Lakers subtly, but Laker yes, fans right. wanted the Lakers to lose because big picture it was in the best interest of the franchise. The problem with baseball, I think, has less to do with what these teams are doing at the end. Because if I go through, these are your World Series winners over the last few years. Okay. Okay. The Atlanta Braves, 
the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Washington Nationals, the Boston Red Sox, the Houston Astros, the Chicago Cubs. Um, you, you're basically picking different squads, as in it's not the same team. That's, no. that's the point that I'm trying to make. But it's the same teams in the tournament every year. So, but but th- this is what you got to go all the way till San Francisco till you start getting like multiple repeats, repeats right? Or even not repeats, but a window of. And I, I mentioned that because it's not that he's wrong what he's saying. The problem is there is no competitive balance in baseball. That at least in the NBA, everyone is sort of playing on equal playing field. Now you better have good ownership. If you have, if you're in a good market, you are going to have an advantage than a smaller market team. Sometimes New York Knicks have been pathetic for a long time. Chicago is just started, sort of, kind of turning a corner. So I say all that because I think baseball has a bigger issue. The bigger issue is. It's not a. It's you don't walk into the season and it's as 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 fair balance as it can be. Mm-hmm. It could be completely lopsided. Well, y- yes, and and I think that me specifically and a lot of people here in town as Dodger fans, we kind of lose track of this, right? Because the Dodgers are one of the haves. Because the Dodgers have a massive payroll. Because the Dodgers are really good at scouting and developing. They're incredibly be- well run. Incredibly well run. And if they get look when they drafted Corey Seager. There wasn't this time thing ticking down like your laptop over there that's running out of charge. 27. <laughs> saying, when's he leaving? When's he leaving? Is he going to go? Is he going to go? Is he going to go? And ultimately, they go. You know that if the Dodgers want to keep him, they can pay the going rate plus uh, 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 a luxury tax, right? Sure, that they sure. can do all of these things. But unless you're a Yankee fan, a Dodger fan, maybe a Cubs fan who even sold off a bunch of things, there, there's a handful of teams that can do this. It's bad. And, and this isn't just a baseball thing. They're, one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, but one of the big reasons I think the NFL is King Kong when it comes to professional sports in this country is you can even make a case that the very worst teams in the league, teams like Jacksonville and whatnot, have a chance to get good in a relatively short period of time. Now, you, you mentioned the Knicks. The Knicks have every advantage, and they still are lousy, or at least they were for 25 years, because they're poorly run. You, they're you poorly can't, run, and, you, that, and that's one thing that you can't... You can't I, overcome that. I don't want to make it sound like, because when I say the Dodgers have such a ridiculous competitive balance, the problem... I can't say that, because they're also so well, well run. If you had the same same folks who run the Dodgers, ownership group, Andrew Freeman, all that, and you put them in a, in a, in a different market... Like, the San Diego Padres, mm-hmm. and now they have less money to work with, they're still going to be really well That's run. That's what they did at Tampa. It's exa- yeah. I mean, they did it, in T- and Tampa continues to do it. Whoever he left in charge sure, down there sure. understands how to do it, and they're doing it really well. But you can't have a league with five good teams. You need to have, and while the baseball, the champ may be a little different every year, we're talking about the same pool of 10 teams. Yeah, you, you've always said this in the NFL. Um, if six teams got in this year, or – there's 12 You're teams to get six in, different six teams that are going to come You're in. You're going to have the six of the same. I know this same, year will be 14. Six of the but, twi- but yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, and that's what makes it fun. Also, Buffalo was terrible. They're pretty good right now. Sure. Kansas City was bad for a long time. They're pretty good right so now. And you're talking about the Chargers and Chargers the Raiders maybe winning right the AFC West. Yeah, it's uh, you need to have the teams at the bottom need to have a chance to, to make something happen once in a while. And in baseball, there is no – Arizona won't be good for, for – Dan, really quickly, Dansby Swanson was their number one overall draft pick. He was there for about six minutes before they moved him on. Trevor Bauer, who I understand comes with a lot of other baggage, was a number one draft pick in Arizona. He was there for about five minutes before they moved him on. You need to make sure that the best players can stay where they go so we get more teams in the mix. Factor Cap coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
Emily, the room that you're in over there is dark. I can't see particularly well, and the the lighting is weird. I'm getting a little reflection. Have you carved your racing stripe in your eyebrow yet? I have not. I also, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to, you know, I, I like my eyebrows a lot. <laughs> I think that I might have the best eyebrows of the ones that have, uh, the people that have gotten the racing stripe so far. I also have gotten my eyebrows waxed often. So I feel like if I got it, it would be less of a big deal. But also there's, you know. Okay, I'm not going to get bullied into this. I, I have a question about waxing the eye because my wife does it, yeah. my daughter does it, all these things. That, Al, have you? That that looks so incredibly painful. painful. They come home. It looks like anything? you guys went five rounds with Mike Tyson. Yeah. So Your when faces I, <laughs> are all red and swollen, it looks terrible. So when I go to get my uh, no, it looks eyebrows good. done, not at, not five minutes after it's done, it doesn't. Yeah, it, I I have to. I have very sensitive face, and so I ask them. I Whatever new lady I go to, I'm like, you have to put a ton of aloe on my face. It, and I, I also tell her, it's going to be puffy. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's it's going to look bad at first, but then they no, th- it looks the, great. The end result is always wonderful. It's nice and green. It's pretty and all of those things. But I, my daughter will come home. I'm like, is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. No, what what happened? What do you mean what happened? Like It looks like you've been crying for three hours. Yeah. No, no, no. I just got my eyebrows done. It just done. turns everything red. And then I also love going to like Target, Walmart afterwards. Just People are asking if they can help you. Yeah, no, or just or just no one comes near me, and that's also a nice thing too. No one asks me for anything. I, I look a little bit intimidating, as if again, as if I got, got in a fight or if I just cried. It, it's 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 a weapon. I I would recommend you not carving a racing stripe in your eyebrow. It seems like a very bad. <laughs> I'd idea. rather not get bullied into it. So I, it's okay. I don't. Yeah, I, that's why when you said it's not that big of a deal, I'm like wait, that doesn't sound like a very good idea at all. Let's do a little factor cap. Fact. That's a cap. That's cap. That's cap. Al's computer doesn't work. That's cap. That's fact. Have you guys uh, seen this guy, Matt Ariza, from San Diego State? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's a punter and a kicker. He's amazing. Where does he go to school? Uh, San Diego State <laughs> University. Guy. That's my guy right there. <laughs> um, Best friends. Aztecs. He's putting up incredible numbers. He's on the cover of ESPN right now. Just check him out if you guys haven't seen him yet. But it brought up an idea that kickers should be able to also punt. Travis, is this factor cap? I think it's fact. I really do. I've always kind of wondered about this, and Matt Ariza is making a case for you can do both. He's bombing punts. He's a very effective kicker as well. And and look, there may be a football person out there that knows a lot more about this than me, but I would think you could teach the kicker how to punt easier than you could teach the punter how to kick. I just my assumption. But when wouldn't what an incredible competitive advantage, Al. To have one guy who could do both, mm-hmm. so you could have the extra linebacker, or offensive lineman, or defensive back, or one of those things that Matt Ariza from San Diego State is making a case for. Let's find a, a guy who can do both so I can have a different player on my roster. I love it. Maybe this starts a trend, but I would think that this would have already been there if, you know, just think about how just the NFL works and how college football works. Yeah, they would do it if they can, and they could add that extra roster spot. But can I just say this real quick about this dude? He has kicked two punts over 80 yards. (laughs) That's awesome. That's not even that impressive. That's great. Yes, it is. He's kicked six punts over 70 yards and 15 punts over 60 yards. Now, listen, I know San Diego State University is known as the powerhouse in California when it comes to college football. They're the best Mountain West team in the state of California. They they might be the best school other than Oregon in football (laughs) right now in the state of California. Or not in California, but on the West Coast. That's probably true, actually. The the reality is... Fresno's uh, good, too. What this dude, and they beat... Fresno State did beat San Diego State. What he's doing is unbelievable. I don't know if it could happen. I will say, if it could happen... 
Probably would have happened already. The, the, the reason I think that this is a doable thing, this isn't Otani doing pitching and hitting, which are totally different disciplines, right? This is this is th the same. This seems to me like a shortstop who can also play third base. Yeah. Like, I get it. They're different. They're not exactly the same, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're asking you to pick up a ground ball mm -hmm. and throw it over there, mm -hmm. right? We're asking you if to you kick the football. If you can make Italian food, can you also make a different type of cuisine, Is right? It like, like right. it's in the, we're not asking yeah, you not. to go build a home <laughs> and, go, and go cook a good exactly. dish. Exactly. See, I talked you into it. You just bought a timeshare. Next one. <laughs> okay. So you would- Slanging timeshares here. <laughs> we're quite infected. You would rather be straight money from three than be able to dunk. Alan, is this factor cap? Okay, so here's the deal. If basketball is by far my favorite sport, obviously playing basketball is, uh, I even say even to today, I try to go play pickup games. I have to have a jumper if I'm going to play the game, right? Like, I have to. I yeah. don't have a choice. I'm 5'8". I'm Middle Eastern, okay? There's certain things. <laughs> the dunk is not if, you don't, really if you don't have a jumper, then go play something else or just don't play sports at all. Uh-huh. Okay. Bro, how amazing would it be to be able to dunk? I mean, how amazing would it be to actually be that high? Probably be a little nerve-wracking. You know? <laughs> I'm gonna break my nerve coming down. That high up. Um, if I had to listen, if I could do any one of them, dunking the ball. Are you kidding me? So, you ever watch people just like you're like, what the hell are they? How? It's how the, is that possible? It, but see, here's the thing. There's dunking, and I think when we talk about dunking, it feels like we're talking NBA dunks where you just come up, boop. And you just you stuff it in there, and it's just you just land really gracefully. I'm talking tennis ball through the net. You don't even get to the rim. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? When a million years ago, and I'm tall. I mean, not NBA tall, but I'm a I'm taller than the average person. I was able to dunk a volleyball. I was never able to do a basketball because I can't get high enough, and I and I couldn't get. I don't have big palm enough hands yeah. to palm the ball, yep. so I would I could only do a volleyball. That's so funny. How many times do you see and, that at gyms where it's like they're using everything but a basketball? <laughs> right. That was me. And I looked like the biggest spaz in the world trying to do it. I looked ridiculous. That's awesome. That's I, awesome. So like the idea and I literally would need like another half an inch to do it. I just couldn't quite Were get you it the done. guy that had to open up the gym door? <laughs> get the wind, tailwind. No, not even just the tailwind. You have to run from starting outside. <laughs> just a full sprint. Like, what are you doing? Just start I, from the three-point line. No leaping ability to speak of whatsoever. And I, even if I could do it, if you, instead of being 6'3", say I was 6'5", and I was able to do it, okay, I would much rather be able to – because like you said, if, I can, if I'm just knocking down every three I look at, I can play basketball. If I could just barely scrape one over the rim, no, that's nobody has any use for that. But if I could make a bunch of three, if I could make half my threes in a pickup game, I'm, I'm knocking you know, it dead. You know, it's funny. Michael, Michael was saying this a couple of days ago. He's like, listen, at the end of the day, can I teach you kids one thing that are listening to this broadcast? Learn how to shoot a jumper. Because <laughs> no one was hitting a jumper. And he's like, that's today's NBA. That's why the Warriors are sitting at whatever they are, 10, 10 and, and one, 1, whatever. He goes, they hit jumpers. And then you're just watching the first six minutes of Lakers heat yesterday. Nobody hit a shot. It was 2-1, to one, I think, halfway shot. through the second quarter. It was it was a tough watch in the game yesterday. Halfway through the second. <laughs> if you won the lottery, you would tell no one. Travis, is this factor cap? That's a fact. For all you know, I have won the lottery. I uh no, I I, I would be a really, really good rich friend. I, I I believe that to be true. We would take trips. Hey guys, what do you want to you guys any plan this weekend? I was thinking I'd get the jet, we'd fly up to Pebble Beach, we'll stay at the lodge, we'll play a couple of rounds. You guys up for that? On me. Right, Stay let's at go the best do it. Western. We'll get four people in one room. Just save a little bit of Watch. dough. Maybe we'll do one night at Spanish Bay. We'll go over to Roy's. It's, it's on me, guys. I, I won the lottery. It's fine. It's cool. Let's go do that. But I can't. I would make sure that my family was taken care of, my friends. 
but I don't need every guy that's got an angle coming at me asking for money, right? I don't need to constantly being the guy saying no to, hey, you don't understand, my car just broke down. If yep. you could just give me $200 to do this, I don't need that all day long. So I'm keeping my lottery winnings to myself. I would come with a presentation. I'd have a full PowerPoint. Trav, listen, I don't know if you know where the world is heading, but the internet is the past, man. Let me give you the number to my agent and you can run this by him. That, that would be my response. I, I would be very, I'd be ninja-like. People would know, but it'd be a very small amount you of would. people that know. Um, there'd be a lot of things that have to happen before anybody finds anything out. There's going to be a lot of things that happen in the background. Um, eventually, the word might get out, but I'd be very stealth about it. Yeah, I think that's something you keep to yourself. All right, the weekend is almost here, and this is the last one we're going to do. But you would rather go to a winery over a brewery. Travis, is a fact or cap? Fact. I love wineries. Going wine tasting is like one of the great events that you can do. Going to a brewery is really fun too. Don't get me wrong. I like that. But it's it's a totally different experience. A brewery is it's beer drinkers, right, for the most part. Wine drinkers are a little bit of a different crit. It's usually in a very pretty spot. There's vineyards. There's hills. There's a little a barn where you go in and they, they pour you a little glass of wine. It's just it's a, it's a different elevated experience. But I like them both. But given the opportunity, I'm taking the wine. I'm with you. And I don't think this is close. Uh, it's nothing wrong with a, you know, obviously a no. good brewery, but some being at a winery, a lot of the places where you're at a winery, it's beautiful, it's scenic, you can walk around. They're showing, you know, there's there's more to it than just you go there and have a glass of wine. So, uh, and whether you're going to Ojai or you're going up to um, different parts of, you know, obviously Napa or something along those lines, there's there's something about a winery. I'm, have, I'm with you on that. I, you know, I've never done this. I want to. Has anybody in here done like a distillery trip where you go and do that kind of tasting? I have. Is there's that... one in Virginia that, right near UVA that I went when I was uh, 22. Whiskey? Uh, whiskey. Did also some uh, some vodka too, but mostly is whiskey. Have you ever done a distillery out? In Japan. Okay. Yeah, I did a little- They uh, love their whiskey in Japan. They do love their uh, their whiskey. Did yeah. that. Was very cool. I is mean, it- uh, Rank them. Give me the brewery, the winery, brewery. Where does the distillery rank in there? Because I want to do it, and I've never done it. I actually- I, I don't know if it was the best experience I had, but I'd go winery, brewery, and then I'd go distillery. Okay. So no time I feel like it depends you on how you react to each kind of alcohol. You, if you True. do it here. Mm-hmm. True. That's a good point. That If you're not a whiskey person, a whiskey distillery is yeah. probably not at, at the top of your list. All right. We are officially on the clock for Sean McVay. We will talk to him maybe next, maybe at some point before the end of the show. Lakers get their best win of the season now. That is very, very good news. But there's the other side of the coin as well. That's next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. All right, as promised and right on time, the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, Sean McVay, joining us here on the Travis and Sliwa Show. Coach, how are you feeling this morning? Doing good. How about you guys? Fantastic. So let's start with this. What are the chances we get a uh, Ram debut for Vaughn Miller on Monday night? You know, we're, we're hopeful about that. Uh, we're taking it a day at a time. You know, he's attacking his rehab the right way. Feel like he's making really good progress. Um, you know, we still got a couple days to figure that out. But, uh, you know, the hope and anticipation is that he's ready to go. Coach, can you take much? I know this Monday night game against the 49ers, haven't played them yet this year. Um, can you take much from what you've seen over the last couple seasons against the Niners, or does it completely just reset simply for the mere fact that you got new personnel and so forth? Yeah, I mean, I think every year is a new a new year, but because there is continuity on the coaching staff and there's a lot of similar personnel on both sides of the football, um, you do have a feel and you, you want to make sure you go back and you look at those things. Um, you know, both both our system offensively, defensively, and theirs in, in both phases, you know, has changed a little bit, but but there's still a lot of the similar philosophies and foundational principles, so it's definitely beneficial to go back and look at those. Head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, joining us. And, 
Coach, I've heard the the twenty four hour rule, right? That you you know win, lose, or or whatever. You get twenty four hours to kind of enjoy it or or kind of commiserate, whatever it is. What's it like for a coach after a, a game like you had against Tennessee to go back and try to figure out what happened as opposed to let's get ready for what's coming next? Yeah, you know it is. Uh, it's really important. You know, you always want to be solution oriented. Uh, it always starts with our ability to kind of evaluate ourselves and be able to fix our house, and then you can move forward and, and to preparing for the upcoming opponent. And so there were some things that, uh, you know, I feel really uh, – I was really bothered at some of the spots I put our players in, uh, you know, and uh, committed to working hard to make sure I correct my mistakes. I know our players are doing the same, but it was definitely a humbling night. But we've got mentally tough guys that are resilient and, uh, you know, their their eyes up, ready to move forward the right way. So t- take me through it. Is is there a gear where coaches have – because I know as, as athletes sometimes you can do it, certainly as fans I know that I do it – you can just kind of chalk it up to a bad night. Matt Stafford had a bad night. It's there's not the end of the world. There's no greater explanation. It was just a bad night. Yeah, I think uh, you know you look at football, especially you know just the way that game unfolded. Other than points, there's no greater indicator of wins and losses than turning the football over or taking it away. And you know when we had two turnovers that basically spotted them 14 points against a really good football team, you're going to make it tough. And uh, those are outlier plays. You know Matthew has played. Matthew has carried this team this year. Wouldn't want anybody else leading the way for our football team. Some uncharacteristic things. I certainly have a role in that with the spots that I put him in as a result of what happened there. And so uh, we'll keep it moving. But, but yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it is an outlier. But, but you do have to make sure you fix those things so you don't make the same mistakes twice. Head coach Sean McVay taking some time to join the Travis and Sleva show. Um, coach, is it – and I know this is just coming off a loss. Is it – is something different about this week? I mean, is the approach different? Is it in the NFL, you only play 17 games, so the fact that you want to kind of stop whatever just happened and, and, of course, look forward. Is it different coming off a loss from one week and, and coming off a win? I'm just trying to kind of get an idea of if your approach is different, the player's approach is different because you had that loss on Sunday night. No, we want to keep a consistent rhythm and routine in our process. You know, you certainly correct those mistakes that, that led to us not achieving the outcome that we wanted. But uh, we want to be consistent in our approach, but also have enough agility and flexibility to adjust if need be. And so, you know, other than me waking up with a pit in my stomach on Monday morning, you know, uh, <laughs> everything else kind of follows the same suit. You correct the film, you look at it, and then you start to prepare for the upcoming opponent. But uh, there's nothing quite like winning, and uh, I think the uh, the opportunity to get this taste out of our mouth will definitely motivate us the right way this week. Sean McVay, the head coach of the Rams, joining us here on Travis and Slee. And, Coach, I think uh, everybody knows that your recall for certain plays in certain situations, you remember you know, third and four against the 49ers three years ago, this happened, this guy was open over here. Is there a similar situation with you and Chunky Soup, like you remember you had Navy Bean because it was cold on a Wednesday? Do you, do you have similar kind of memories? I don't. I don't remember much. Uh, the, you know, the, the play stuff's gotten a little blown out of proportion, but, hey, Campbell's chunky. I'll take it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, Coach, uh, nine games in, just your overall feel. How, how do you feel? It's, it's seven and two. You're obviously now starting to work on the back half of the schedule, some fantastic tough matchups. And I'm not asking you to you know, look ahead to some of the other matchups that you have, but just overall, how do you feel about where this team stands in, uh, in the NFC and, and big picture? Yeah, I, I feel really good about where we're at. Um, you know, it's not perfect. I think we always want to be a team that's improving, uh, striving for that daily improvement, having high standards with the way that we operate, and then we're hopeful that good things will follow um, as a result of that. But I love this team, love the leadership of this group, and 
excited about attacking our opportunity to get our 10th game and hopefully get our eighth win. And then we'll have a little buy and we'll come back for the last seven games in the regular season. Sean, Kirk Morrison and I do the pregame show before each game, and one of the things that he mentions almost every week is the versatility of Jalen Ramsey and how he's not just a shutdown corner, but he's a football player, that you can put him in so many different spots. What does that mean for you and for Raheem Morris as the defensive coordinator to have a guy that can do so many different things like Jalen Ramsey can? Yeah, it's it's really valuable. It's um, it's He's an incredible player. His versatility is really unique. I think he's truly one of one. And, uh, and the way that our defensive coaches and then his ability to be able to handle all the things mentally and physically is, is such a credit to Jalen and those defensive coaches. And uh, it's really fun watching him do his thing. So when you have him and you're going up against a team like the 49ers and you've got a Debo Samuel, you've got a George Kittle, do you try just is it situationally where you put him on one guy or another? Or do you come into this with a plan like we want him on this guy in this situation? Yeah, I think you want to make sure that uh, you're not predictable in the ways that you're utilizing Jalen. There, there might be opportunities and times that those matchups exist, but we've got a lot of other good players. They've got you know a handful of guys that can pose some problems, and uh, that's the beauty of uh, you know kind of being able to mix it up and have a game plan that's uh, situationally driven. Coach, we were trying to figure this out. We we're saying, what what is what does Sean McVay do when he's not doing something around football? Are are you are you watching? What's your second favorite sport? Can you kind of give us an idea? What happens when you're not spending as many hours as you are on the football side of things? Is it other sports? You just hanging out with family? What is it? All of the all of the above. You know, I love sports, love basketball, um, love being able to follow that. But really, I like I'm a fan of all sports and athletics. You know, shoot, I was watching uh, you know Canelo Alvarez versus mm. uh, Caleb Plant this past weekend before we played, and um, you know, so I like that. I love spending time with my fiance and my family, and. You know, being outside, taking advantage of uh, living in such a great place. So, you know, I do have a little bit of a life outside of football, but not much. We were we were doing an over under, Sean. How many hours a night of sleep do you get? You know, I've tried to be a lot better about that. Um, you know, d- during the busy times, you know, sometimes it can go between you know five and six, but I try to be real cognizant of trying to get seven and eight as we get closer to the game. So, not as uh, not as few as I think people would probably think. Sean McFay, the head coach of the Rams, joining us on Trav and Slee. Sean, appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. Good luck. All right. Thanks, guys. You got it. So if you had the over on his sleep, you win. I would – if you – seven? Really? I, now, he, he did kind of qualify with, I try to get seven or eight. I'm cognizant of trying to get seven or eight. I have a feeling there's probably some more fours than there are eights. I was hoping he's going to be like, oh, NBA TV. That's what I watch. That's all I do. I just want to watch you just wanted the that, Bulls highlights. I want to watch. Guy. You know, and when you threw in there, hey, I do the pregame with Kirk yeah. Morrison. I wanted to quickly – I do pre for <laughs> – I do pregame for the Lakers. You should have asked him. Coach, you still there? Did you see Malik Monk shot last night? <laughs> By the way, that was a great shot. I still don't know how he got that shot off. The, the monk shot where the clock was running down, oh, yeah. and he Almost took off on his defenders. right foot yeah. and shot it with yeah. his right hand with a hand mm-hmm. in his face. That was uh, an amazing shot. Get Coach back on. i got a couple more questions. <laughs> You've got to run through some things <laughs> along the way. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive Insurance is proud to support veterans with its annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program, now celebrating nine years of donating vehicles, helping vets in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. So with that in mind, with the Lakers. talk some Lakers basketball, do please. It. Best win of the season al yep that's in the pro column there's a few things in the con as well that's next travis lee 710 espn